Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and alongside me as ever is Jared Kimber. And what riches we have for you today because there's more than 17.4 overs to dissect and ruminate on. Um, there's loads of them. I, I can't even work out the maths. Uh, but we've got uh, a whole England innings and a little bit of a West Indies one. We've got uh, to debate umpiring, Jason Holder, all-rounders. There's loads to get our teeth stuck into. So uh, let's do exactly that. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. So by now, you will have known that England uh, ended up being bowled out for 204. Jason Holder took his test best, 6 for 42. Uh, but let's not forget uh, Shana Gabriel, 4 for 62. Um, and who knows what score England would have uh, managed if Ben Stokes hadn't been dropped twice. He top scored with 43, Joss Butler 35. And apart from a few late order runs from Dominic Bess, a bit of a sorry and soggy looking uh, first uh, innings for England. In reply, well, Mark Wood and Joffrey Archer had uh, Craig Brathwaite in particular hopping, but he's still there, 20 not out. And uh, John Campbell, the only man to depart. He was given out three times, leg before wicket, Jimmy Anderson before, well, finally, uh, the umpires got one right. But 57 for one at stumps. And you'd have to say if rain uh, dominated proceedings and won key sessions on day one, or the West Indies won the key sessions on day two. Uh, let's get uh, stuck into it. Story of the day. So, Jared, story of the day. I'm going to uh, throw two your way. First off, Jason Holder. Brilliance from him. He averages 12 in the last uh, two years uh, in terms of bowling, and that's before today, 6 of 42. And the other story I'd say is home umpires. This is what it used to be like. Five incorrect leg before decisions all going the way of the home side. Thank heavens for VAR. No, sorry, for DRS. 
Uh, apparently, spit doesn't do as much as we thought either uh, when it comes to these things. I mean, Jason Holder deserves all the credit. I think his numbers cannot possibly stay the way that they are uh, because that would make him the greatest cricketer that has ever existed in, in all of human history. But even if he has a sort of a normal regression to the mean, he's clearly just a much better bowler than he was the last time he was in England. He was on Sky today and he was talking about having a little bit more patience, uh, looking at what Glenn McGrath did. I think he, for me, the thing I noticed yesterday, and he didn't bowl that much yesterday, but the thing I noticed yesterday was how he was using the crease. I think West Indian bowlers are brilliant at using the crease. They're a lot more creative with the crease than, than a lot of uh, non-West Indian seam bowlers are, much more in the way that spinners are um, around the world. Uh, he's, he seemed to have put all these things together, and you, because of his height, you can never score off him. So, you, you know, suddenly he's in complete control of the skills that he had as a young man. Um, so I think he deserves a lot. How he'll go consistently with the Kookaburra ball is still really interesting to me. But at the moment, if he can average, let's say, 12 with the Jukes ball and 28 with the Kookaburra ball, I still think he's doing pretty well overall. I know this might sound like a bit of a weird thing to say, but if he was 10 miles an hour faster, would he get less wickets? No. And the reason, the reason I say that, I know that, <laughs> I know that you get... Um, a lot more caught behind the, in the cordon and whatever. But he gets a lot of leg before decisions. And there was one today where uh, Crawley, I think it was, it looked for the world like the ball was going to be bouncing over the wicket. And it was hitting the leg stump flush. And mm. I just wonder that uh, considering his height uh, and the bounce that he would get if he was 10 miles an hour faster, um, whether it's actually a de- there's a deception there uh, in the batsman's mind. No, I think if he was 10 miles an hour faster, he, would get, he might get dismissals in a different way. But if he was 10 miles an hour faster, he'd be unplayable because he'd be Mornay Morkel's height and pace uh, with Vernon Philander's control. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you face that. I don't think we've ever had anyone like that before. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if maybe Josh Hazelwood, even Josh Hazelwood doesn't usually bowl around 90 miles an hour, although he can. So, no, he'd be unplayable. But I do know what you mean. I think that, I think that we look at bowlers of 90 miles an hour as a sort of a normal skill set to have now. And I think that, and I wrote about this recently, there are lots of guys who take an absolute truckload of first-class wickets. Quite often they are taller guys. Um, Quite often they're just very skillful guys. Uh, And they take these truckloads of wickets and we have decided that at test match level that won't work anymore. And then Vernon Philander takes wickets everywhere. And people go, oh, he doesn't take wickets away from home. And it's like, well, he still averages less than 30 away from home. And then Muhammad Asif comes in and he takes wickets. I don't mean Muhammad Asif. Abbas. Sorry, sorry Muhammad Abbas comes in and he takes wickets absolutely everywhere. And he, and he has one test where he doesn't take wickets. And they go, oh, well, <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's lost it now. Stuart Clark had one test where he didn't take wickets and they got rid of him. We, we've, 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 I think undervaluing the absolute skill of a lot of these guys around the world. And I think England have done it. Uh, I think Australia have done it. And, and if you don't come in and take wickets straight away and you're 80, 85 miles an hour, you just get discarded. And I think the thing with Holder was because of his batting, they couldn't discard him. And also at that stage, the West Indies cricket ball, Cricket West Indies was literally in an open revolt against almost every quality player they had. 
And luckily for them, I saw a ridiculous tweet today that said that Jason Holder stayed with West Indies. Jason Holder didn't stay with the West Indies. He took an IPL contract. And after that, no one wanted him that much in T20 cricket around the world. He would have gone as well. He then had the ability to hone his game in at the test level because West Indian cricketers don't get the ability to work on the game in first class cricket because there's so little first class cricket that they play. He then had a work experience, you know, and he also, he had to be smart and he's already, anyone who's ever met him knows he's a smart cricketer. He, that always hasn't, hasn't always come across in his captaincy, but it certainly does in his bowling. But he is a smart cricketer. He learned as much as he could. And he's been able to build and learn in test cricket. And I think all of those things have suddenly started to come together for him. Uh, And he's a a wonderfully smart bowler. I still think his batting can get better. I mean, I don't know why he's batting at number eight. And we saw saw him make an incredible innings. It's ridiculous he hides himself at number eight. So I still think there's improvement left in him. But I think that... You know, that height and that bowling brain and the ability to move the ball both ways whenever you want to, you know, I, I just think that that is an incredible package. So, yeah, his story is a day. Forget about saliva and, uh, and home umpires, although we will talk about home umpires because it's funny. Uh, yeah, we will talk about the, uh, the umpiring. It was quite poor today. Um... As I say, Burns not given out leg before wicket. Crawley not given out leg before wicket. Archer not given out leg before wicket. All incorrect. And then John Campbell given out leg before wicket twice. Incorrect again. Um, one thing I will say is it has shown the value of having three DRS. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't think that West Indies would have used the... Uh, DRS um, so early on in the piece earlier today and I don't think necessarily Campbell would have either in fact he left the, the, it till three seconds to go before he decided <laughs> to the, the one that I thought that, was, that they definitely wouldn't have gone for was I'm trying to think was it Zach Crawley might have flicked his pad on the way through with his back you're right no it's Crawley it wasn't Burns it was it was Crawley you're right yeah, because there so, was two there was two noises wasn't there and I uh, Holder looked at square leg and my first thought was look at cover as well. Look at cover because in those ones, wicket keepers can't tell the bowler's always a little bit biased and his head's, you know, not straight. The best person to talk to usually is, uh, you know, cover and point and square leg. And then sometimes even mid on and mid off. And he looked at mid, mid wicket or, or square leg and then straight away just went for the review. And I was like, Oh, what have you done? And then I thought, Oh, he's got three. Doesn't, exactly. But there it was doesn't matter other, as much. There was one other telling sign um you might have to go back and look at it but check out the umpire's reaction he he purses his lips the up the appeal goes up huge appeal for leg before and instead of the umpire's impassive face and then thinking and then saying not out the umpire I can't remember who it was he purses his lip and he and, and he's almost saying that's a close one not out you're like hang on a second if the umpire's not sure i'm going on review I actually remember that. I think it was Kettlebrough, wasn't it? It um, was Kettlebrough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I remember when you talked about it, I can actually remember his lips uh, moving. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing for me is not those decisions being wrong because, A, the umpires haven't uh, – this is umpires' warm-up. Well, we don't think of umpires as athletes, but they are making decisions. Uh, they have to get trained with their head movements, all the same thing. So it makes sense they would make more mistakes. What's interesting for me is that all the science tells us that home umpires make decisions un- unconsciously and sometimes consciously, but more often unconsciously, 
uh, towards home teams and towards the favourite team. And a lot of it is to do with the crowd noise. And the interesting thing here is that these are just normal mistakes uh, that are being made over and over again. Uh, I said, I think I said yesterday on the podcast, I still think Rory Burns should have been given out LBW for the one that uh, that was uh, uh, that wasn't oh, given on first one. over. Mm. Yeah, so so for me, you know, I think this has proved beyond a reasonable doubt. I've got a lot of friends who are very smart, and we've all looked into the science, and we come out of this differently. They come out of it saying that there's no reason now with DRS for us to not have. Um, independent uh, to, to continue to have independent umpires i've looked at all the science and i just think that there's too much unconscious bias when it comes to umpiring let's give the umpires uh, as much assistance as we can when it comes to drs so you know i don't i don't want to make uh too much fun of the umpires other than the fact that it's hilarious that all the almost all the decisions have gone one way which is always funny moment of the day i can think of two big moments of the day both involving ben stokes and both involving him being dropped. And you, you've got to wonder what kind of tatter, uh, if that's even a word, uh, the innings would be. I mean, you, d- you don't know what, what could have happened, but um, the drop by Kimar Roach at fine leg just before lunch was quite a difficult one. But uh, Brooks, an extra cover, blimey. Um, you know, that was really poor. 120, well, it's 91 for five, the first drop. 125 for five, the second drop. And in the end, uh, Stokes was uh, dismissed with a score 154 for six. But uh, they were certainly two big moments of the day. If we look at it now, with the scores, where the West Indies have gone on to, you know, put on a decent partnership at the start and, uh, and handled the new ball quite well, considering I thought England bowled very well. Although I don't know why England weren't bowling more at the stumps because it seemed that when West Indies bowled more at the stumps, they did better. But let's have, let, have let's you just... not been watching England for the last <laughs> I, ten years? Have I not been watching all cricketers not bowl at the stumps? It's ridiculous. <laughs> the numbers do not back that up. Every analyst in the world privately just goes, "Why don't they bowl at the stumps?" And most fan <laughs> most fans do it publicly as well. Um, but I think that it's still a possibility that England's total is not terrible. Right, I, I thought yeah. uh, before West Indies batted. I thought I think West Indies will sort of struggle to get there. I'm still not sure that West Indies will go much beyond 200 unless the pitch completes, completely changes and the saliva suddenly becomes a big deal and all those sorts of things. So I, I'm I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a pretty close game. If that's the case, then Stokes' innings becomes really important. So dropping him not once but twice, you know, seems like a bit of a uh, a bit of a mistake there. That said. It could have gone a lot worse for the West Indies. He could have had a bit of a Stokesian day and things could have gone horrendous. They're still in the game with those drops, but it will be very interesting to see if this does end up to be a very close game. And they've got, and you know, West Indies have got to chase 180 to win the, uh, at the end. Geez, you'd rather chase 140 at the end, would be my thinking. Yeah, I mean, what was it? 60, 67. Um, that's the largest partnership of the match so far. So mm. it could be a telling one. Another big moment of the day for me, Joe Denley's dismissal. Good ball by Gabriel. In fact, it might be my ball of the day. We'll find out later. Um, (laughs) You know, there is a technical flaw he has, though, hasn't he? And it's been exposed, and it will continue to be exposed by the the best bowlers uh, in so far that he he gets forward and he gets his head outside the line. And he's been bowled or LBW a lot in his test career. This series, let's not uh, mess about. The, the, the selectors are thinking of India and Australia next year. Joe Root to come back for the second test, come what may. Joe Denley, 
realistically, he's got one more innings in Test cricket. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's kind of ridiculous that he keeps getting picked. And what happens in these situations is the player ends up being a laughing stock, and the player ends up uh, people start get really angry. Oh, Denley! It's not Denley's fault. Denley has been tried. Uh, they have done everything with him. They've moved him all around the order. They've given him many different opportunities. The problem with Joe Denley is not Joe Denley's problem. It is that we are in an incredible bowling age where every time you go out to bat, you have to go up against, you know, a young, you know, Rabada or Anrit Nokia, who no one even knew about five minutes before that series, right? You know, he played a couple of tests in India and got smashed around. Uh, you have to play against the Australian bowling attack. You have to play against the West Indian bowling attack the Pakistan bowling attack. There is incredible bowlers all around the world. And you have a first-class cricketer who spent his, his entire career not being tested at the top level. He's got to the top level just when bowlers is completely dominating. Had Joe Denley played five years earlier, I reckon he probably averages around 40. And people go, geez, he's not the worst player in the world. He's now in an era where it's almost impossible to average 40 if you're a gun player. To be able to do that, he has a technical flaw. He also has mental flaws, which I think the England team moving around the order and telling him he has to defend haven't helped him. Uh, it, he's not going to make runs in this era right now. Uh, they need to move on from Joe Denley. Why they haven't, we'd have to ask Ed Smith. I don't understand it. Uh, and as I say, I, I feel sorry for him at a certain point. He's been given all the chances in the world. I'm not sure what, he, what success even looks like for him now. Um, because I just don't see how it's going to work. And, ho- you know, hopefully he comes out in the second innings and makes an incredible 100. Because the thing is, sometimes when you just say to a player, you're gone, that's when all the pressure goes off. He looks like every time he goes out that the entire weight of the world is on him. He'll probably go back to county cricket and average 70. Because I do think he's a good player. I just don't think he's, re- he's right for this period and at this time. It's interesting. I was listening to Darren Goff talk about Joe Denley on the Drive Time Show on TalkSport, and he bowled against... I mean, Joe Denley's 34, and Mm. Goff, he bowled against Joe Denley, and he said he's got exactly the same technical deficiency now as he did when Goffey was bowling to him. So... uh, and you can do that in first-class cricket. You can do that in first-class cricket because Goffey only bowls to him twice a year. It takes a while for the whispers to get out. And also, another young player comes in and doesn't know. You can't hide that in test cricket. And that's what we've seen with Joe Dunley. I don't think he's a terrible player. I just don't think he's good enough to succeed in test cricket as it is played right now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, 
then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Shot of the day. There are a few shots today that uh, impressed, mainly from the England players, uh, because they batted longer. I thought Dominic Best looked pretty secure towards the end of the uh, innings. He's got a compact technique, hasn't he? And we know he's scored runs, important runs uh, in the lower order in his short career so far. But for me, touch of quality, really. I know he didn't stick around for long. Uh, Ollie Pope, uh, when you consider that Burns had looked pretty, pretty set, actually. It was a bit of a surprise when he was out, but I can't think of too many I mean, he's not that kind of player, is he? Uh, Denley and Crawley, and of course, uh, Sibley didn't even play a shot yesterday. But Pope came in, and considering the score, he hit back-to-back fours from Jason Holder. First one, a clip through mid-wicket. Second one, I mean, you talk about uh, umpire Kettleborough pursing his lips. Well, I pretty much did the same thing watching it. It's a beautiful cover drive. Um, little look between Pope and Stokes after that shot. It was a quality shot. Holder to get him out the next over there. Look, I thought Pope looked incredible. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Butler played a brilliant cover drive as well, didn't he? Yeah, kind of on the uh, up cover drive. Yeah. He kind of pushed through the covers, didn't he? You're right. That was a lovely shot. And I'm trying to think. Stokes might have played a really nice straight drive at one stage as well. Uh, look, the thing with Pope for me is I was watching just going, have, have we all misread this pitch? 
because he looked so comfortable from the very moment he went out there. And maybe too comfortable. Maybe he should have, uh, you know, reined himself in a little bit. Uh, but he's, uh, he's an incredible talent. And uh, he's got to play some shots, John. Ball of the day. Well, it's a bowler-dominated uh, test match so far. So uh, you must have a few balls of the day to look back on. I think Holder's ball to Stokes. When you've got that height and that accuracy and the ability to move the ball away, he's basically playing Holder in that position. is like playing an off-spinner uh, who is bowling at 80 miles an hour at a certain point. And Ben Stokes is not particularly good at, against you know, high-quality off-spin when it's coming around the wicket to him, as many left-handers are. And that's why you're seeing so many left-handers around the world struggling when right arms are coming around the wicket, if they can move the ball away. It makes perfect sense. I don't know how you play that. When I first saw that, I wasn't sure if he was caught behind, bold, um, or LBW. Now, partly that was because my kids were annoying me and, I, and they had turned the sound dock off. So I couldn't hear it. But it was such a good ball that all three dismissals were available to me, if you know what I mean, in my mind. And I wasn't watching... When you're at a ground, that happens a lot. When you're watching on TV, you generally have a fairly good idea how the batsman is out. At least you can narrow it down to two. I was like, I wonder what, what, wonder what this is going to be. Where, where's the cameraman going to pan to? Because if it's Dowrich, I've got a chance here. So I just think that was a phenomenal ball. I mean, there were a lot of great balls bowled today but by both um, attacks. In fact, you know, the West, in, uh, West Indies, England came out to bowl and uh, Archer bowled some incredible balls and Anderson bowled some incredible balls. There was a lot of great balls, but you would expect that because the bowling attacks of both of these teams are really good. Mm. There was a delivery from Anderson, and bearing in mind he hasn't played a test match in nearly a year, that made Craig Brathwaite resemble a mix between Shiv Chanderpaul and Courtney Walsh. You know, he was he was turned inside out and had the Bambi legs going like Walsh, and he was as front on as Chanderpaul. Uh, it was a beautiful delivery, but it wasn't out, and, and the batsman is still there. So uh, yeah, some beautiful deliveries, and also we shouldn't forget. I think Mark Wood bowled six balls over 90 miles an hour uh, in his final over and 94.5 miles an hour. I mean, that's, that's some serious, serious pace. And, you know, yeah, there's going to be lots of that in this series coming up. No, definitely. I mean, he bowled quick. Archer bowled quick as well. Um, I mean, Holder talked about his body not holding up well. So for the England bowlers, I think, if they don't get as much of a break, although they've had a bit of a break today, but if they do have a full day, I think that's when we're going to see the problems. We talked about that on the preview show, didn't we? It's not the first and second spells. It's the third and fourth spells. And Holder's already talked about that. And he's not putting his body through the kind of strain that uh, Wood and uh, Joffre are. Lol of the day. It has to be John Campbell, just because of the, the, the hat trick of reviews. There's a certain point where if I was John Campbell, I'm, I think I would have reviewed the final result of the review. Uh, and he, it's also, he had this kind of, John Campbell has this kind of perpetually confused face as well. He's one of those people uh, that just has that sort of, what's happening? Why is this happening to me? This should not be happening to me. Face about him. So it was great to watch him sort of go through every review emotionally. Uh, anyone who can have a hat trick of reviews yeah, deserves a lull of the day from me. I'm going to go with um, another moment of the day uh, because one of the things that's really impressed me with this West Indies bowling attack has been the fact that they've got some very clear plans in place for several of the batsmen. Came up against them at the start of last year. 
They've been in the country long enough. And also, I think Phil Simmons is a terrific coach. But for a while, it did seem to me that the West Indies have been studying old footage of Dominic Bess. And they came to the realisation that the best way to get him out was to bowl really, really fast at his groin. They hit him in the box three times in a row. And um, it was funny, but they... But it was wrong because he was still there. He was unbeaten and he scored a couple of fours. But uh, you could see there was a camera point. You, you remember the old footage of Alistair Cook in the slips and he's worn one where he shouldn't. <laughs> he's not wearing a box, obviously, and all the fielders around him are rolling around in laughter. There was this brilliant uh, moment picked up by the Sky cameras where Dominic Bessie is grimacing and you could just see all the slip fielders and their, uh, their big pearly whites on show. Uh, they found it funny, but uh, you always do, don't you? Anodyne press conference moment of the day. England's Mark Wood spoke following play. Surely there's no anodyne press moment of the uh, day from him. We would have liked uh, 300, um, 250, 300. I think we're a little bit short, but we can't change that now. We can only affect how, we, how it goes. Obviously, we're going to work in partnerships tomorrow be a bit more consistent and, and try and um, get some w- uh, wickets early doors and then that can change the momentum of the game. Well, go figure. What is going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> OK, Jared, what's going to happen tomorrow? And just to explain this section, this isn't about what should happen. We're going to try and uh, look into the future and we're going to tell the following on listeners, there's no point um watching or listening to the day's play on day three just come back and listen to the following on podcast tomorrow um what is going to happen on day three at the Aegeus Bowl you I would still assume that England actually got to one for 50 odd as well didn't they they got to a similar position sorry 50 for one sorry yeah 48 for one they were 48 for one so I would assume that the ball when the lacquer is off is a bit tougher to bat with. And I thought England bowled well. Uh, they've got four seam bowling options. They've got a spinner if they, if they, if they need it as well. There's no reason why they shouldn't be putting enough. If they do what West Indies did, which is bowl a little bit more at the stumps and keep the pressure on, I don't, I don't see any reason why West Indies should be able to break free uh, of this. Now, perhaps, uh, you know, someone like Jason Holder might come in and do something in the middle, in the middle order. But, you know, looking at their batting lineup, there is no, there's no Hetmeyer, for instance, who can, you know, completely change the pace of this innings. I would assume that, 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 that they should be able to peg them down and chip away at their wickets, get them out for somewhere around 200 would be my guess, if, if they take all their catches. Now, that's only if the conditions stay the way they are. If the conditions do change, West Indies are in a great, great position here. Yeah, I'm going to forecast that the conditions, the weather conditions are going to be a bit better on day three. I think that England will be batting at stumps, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say that West Indies will have a first innings lead um, between 20 and 30. That probably won't be enough. Uh, so that is what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, Jared's uh, great stuff. I will, uh, I'll, I'll chat to you tomorrow. We'll find out if we're right. Um, and we'll find out uh, plenty more things. Look, we see some brilliant bowling today. I think that's going to be the, uh, the story of the series. Um, what impressed me about the West Indies, though, in the West Indies, in the Caribbean, was that they, they are not reliant on one bowler. And I think that's one of, part of the reason that Holder has been so successful in the last couple of years 
and admittedly, West Indies haven't played a great deal of Test cricket, but he knows he can call upon experienced uh, bowlers. Shannon Gabriel um, is bowling as well as he ever has done. And you'd have to say even Kamar Roaches, even though he's not hitting the, the, the pace uh, that he did five or six years ago, he's got uh, vast experience there. And I still got a feeling Azari Joseph is going to play a part in this Test match as well. So uh, we shall see. But Jared, brilliant stuff. Chat to you tomorrow. You can listen to the following on podcast every day of the West Indies series shortly after Stumps. You can listen to us on ACOS, Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.